Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Social Vision. In today's episode, we discuss follow the money, capitalism, property, 45, and LLC. This is a 90-minute discussion, and we invite you to call in at 347-857-1319. All right, we're back here on a Tuesday this time, so yep, great to yep, be yep. back. It's yep, been a, a little late, a but long we're, weekend. we're here. We're talking about it, yeah. Huh? We're a little late, but we're here. Yeah, we're late because I, I, I had to go down for my daughter's graduation and uh, just had the whole weekend, you know, driving back from L.A., so that just kind of burned me out, and then the whole day-to-day was oh, kind of yeah. catching up. And we, we just had a meeting right before this this. Uh, Right before this, you know, show. So, anyway, just to let you know, um, you know, we got a lot of listeners, Carl, on our last episode of uh, over 500 uh, archives. Listeners. Wow. Well, about maybe 400, about 400, 405, in, in just in a week, in seven days. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't, you know, if you're if you're an archive listener, definitely, um, you know, contact us anytime. Let us know how you're liking the show. I know that the um, the sound quality is not what it. I would like it to be. I, I, I listened to our show last week, and um, I know that it's you know that familiar blog talk type uh, phone audio quality, but that's where we are right now because that's how much time that we have to really produce the show. So that's the reason why we're kind of sticking with it. But uh, but you know, great. I mean, again, I, I know a lot of people could be listening to a lot of different podcasts, and I we really appreciate uh, people taking the time to listen, even if we don't make it all the way through. Cause I don't do that myself. I don't listen to all, all, all the podcasts all the way through all the time. So we appreciate that because it's, you know, it's good to know that, you know, we're taking the time to invest in this and do this, that some people out there are listening and that's good to know. So, but, um, Carl, I'm going to give a little bit of background about how we came, how I came up with the day's topic and why, and then we'll, you know, we'll just jump into it as we usually do. But, um, I was listening to uh, democracy now, like I said, I tried to listen to that, Almost every day now, I try to listen to at least to the to their like hour news segment and that kind of thing because you know it runs pretty fast, um, and uh, or at least have, they have a pretty familiar format. And uh, you know you can get that on those of you who are not listening to it, you know check it out. You can download it online um, for free. Nothing doesn't cost anything, but you do want they do want people to donate. But anyway, um, they had a story um, where they interviewed this. Uh, uh, writer for uh, uh, ProPublica. Have you ever heard of ProPublica, Carl? Oh yeah, ProPublica. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they mm-hmm. they it's produce kind of a lot of uh, yeah. great stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and and apparently they got you know money for for investigative journalists. So journalism. Mm-hmm. There's a journalist named um, Alec uh, McGillis who wrote a um, a story about the beleaguered tenant of Kushnerville. And this is a, a, a rental complex in uh, Baltimore. And, of course, you know, he gives a story and talks about these individuals, and that's important to read. But, but it also it, it, it really focuses on um, Jared Kushner and, um, and his father and, their, and, his, and his LLC, which is K, uh, JK2 Westminster, which is LLC. And, and they go around and they buy up, you know, they buy – uh, apartment complexes and other properties. You know, they buy high-end properties as well as 
this apartment complex here is kind of low-end properties, but definitely. Uh, a lot of, you know, either working class, uh, Section 8 folks up in there. So the story revolves around that. But I, I, the reason why I chose it, because after I started hearing this story, then I went on, you know, went on, you know, Google some other things and found out about Trump's, you know, in terms of his, you know, buying and selling the property and some of the um, emolument stuff that's coming up now around these LLCs associated with him. Um, and we're going to talk about, you know, that in a minute too. But, but I thought, you know, this is just a really crucial story to really understand the problems of capitalism, right? I mean, if you really want kind of a modern example that, you know, is, is kind of current, you know, go through this story. First off, you know, read the, the uh, ProPublica uh, story. And then, then Carl, it, uh, as I read these stories, I thought about, remember when we did a show about the book Capitalism in the 21st Century? Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and he, remember he talks about, and, and, and Carl Marx talks about this too, is that when it comes to capital and wealth, if you want to name what capital is, most of capital and wealth in this country or around the world, really, is centered around two things, finance capital and property, right? I mean, that right there is the center of capitalism. That's the reason why capitalists and the bourgeoisie always harp on this thing about, you know, land rights, property, blah, blah, blah. I mean, that's, that's a big uh, thing that they harp on because, yeah, it's the center of the shit they do and it's how they amass their wealth. Um, it's one way they amass their wealth. And then you have the other way is finance capital. And then you got these other kind of, you know, consumer kind of stuff that they do, buying and selling the goods and services, blah, blah, blah. But the, but the thing about property is that when you own that shit, it, it's not like when the capitalists own your labor. You know, that's kind of fluid. They don't own they don't own your labor for life necessarily. I mean some some of them some of them do. If you choose to work for a company all your life, yeah, I mean they kinda of own your labor in a way, but you can quit anytime you want, blah, blah, blah. I mean, you know, it'd be consequences to it, but you can quit and do the or find another job, blah, blah, blah. So you only sell your labor in a, in a temporary kind of way. But with property, I mean you're you're pretty much buying and selling this stuff, buying and selling housing homes, mortgage, you're buying and selling this stuff, and you can reap all kinds of profit off of it. To the, to the, to the extent that most people, a lot of people who are in these in apartments or rentals or even their, even their homes don't even know who in the fuck owns their shit. Like, you know, like a lot of these, this reporter talked about how, you know, when he went to did, do, the, do the research uh, about this um, Kushnerville complex, that's just one of the complexes that that Jared Kushner, who is the uh, son, uh, no, the is he the son? No, he's the uh, son-in-law. Son of, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, of, of forty-five, and people didn't even know that he owned these apartments. And what's been happening is, is that Jared Kushner had to kind of take his name off of that since he's tied with the the government now, right? So they use his LLC and shit. He's still kind of tied to it, but they've been taking these people. What do you do? They he he bought these complexes from, from another owner. And so when you buy these complexes, you buy not only the complexes, but you buy any kind of debt that comes with it. So, you know, if, 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 if the, the previous owner didn't, didn't collect all the debt that was owed to him or all the rent that was owed to him, right, well, then, you know, he, they, the, the new owner buys that too. And so since they've been buying this stuff, they've been suing the fuck out of these 
uh, uh, tenants who either have, you know, got, got from under their lease or got behind in their rent, that kind of thing, and they've just been going after them for really meager amount of money. It's not like under like $5,000, but, I mean, it, it gets that money gets added on with court fees and all this kind of shit. So, and, and basically, they, they straight up told this reporter that, that they, they do this because they just want to have some kind of, you know, recurring, recurring money coming in. I'll I get the, the, the business uh, phrase they use, and I'll find it a little bit. But, but it, it, this is not even like, as we know, this is not the, the biggest money-making deal that the Cherry Kushner is involved in or the Trump family is involved in. This is just something they do sort of like on the fucking side, right? And so, um, you know, so I really want to discuss it in that framework about how, you know, property is essential to, 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 to capitalism. And we, I think we did a show on, on it before. And if you're interested, anybody's interested, you can go, you know, you can kind of Google or either go into a blog talk and do a search about property and the use social divisions or whatever. I know we did a show on it. And I haven't had a chance to go back and look at it, but um, but but yeah, I mean it's, it's really crucial to look at this because it gives you an understanding of the contradictions of of, of of capitalism and how wealth is created and sustained using property off the backs of working class and poor people, and even even to a certain extent middle class, upper middle class people as well. Um, about. Most people, on average, I research spend about either thirty to sometimes forty percent of their income uh, to pay to pay some kind of housing, you know, be it rent, mortgage, or what have you, and and that can be quite steep if your if your income is not that big, I and mean, if you don't have a big, you know, if you don't your income is not into to the hundreds or two hundred, even a hundred thousand, what a family can 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 be very steep. Uh, you know, based upon other things you have to, to spend money on, but people spend about thirty to forty percent of their of their income paying for housing, and uh, so you begin to see the contradiction here, and you begin to see also that when these places like these apartment buildings that were built like say in the sixties or seventies, whatever, these places have been paid off a long fucking time ago, right? And so basically, the owners are making they might have some overhead expenses in terms of supposedly trying to keep it up, but basically they, they make a lot of profit off of this. Like anybody who's, who buys property and rents it out can make a lot of profit, and a lot of times that, that property is being, is being um, uh, you know, paid off a long time ago. So that, that's, that's kind of a – so, I mean, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know Carl, if you had a chance to look at some of the articles I sent. Yeah, I did. I, I think there's a couple of things, too. Um, People have to also mm-hmm. keep in mind. First of all, um, cap- capital uh, is generally gener- is, is most often generated through um, surplus labor. That's where vast amount of wealth, and you can create so much wealth through automation, where you use fewer fewer people, where the productivity is so high, you just have so much wealth is just pouring out of your ears. Um, I mean, that's what. Amazon is realizing. I mean, he got billions of dollars. He's chasing it after um, Bill Gates to be the most wealthiest man in the world, and they invest it in place. So when they invest this money, they look for other places to – because they can't spend the money. They can't buy enough houses or mansions or enough cars or enough islands to spend billions of dollars. So the money has to be invested as a place – 
and turn into capital again to make more money. Property becomes one of those places where they do that. Not so much for Donald Trump, even though he inherited wealth, but he is not in the same class as Gates, uh, Bizzle from Amazon and all these other, uh, you know, uh, folks um, who are who has enormous amount of capital. What he's have done uh, strategically is to take property, particularly urban property, um, which by the 1950, and particularly beginning in 1960, began to go through what is called de-evaluation. They became to be not so much wealthy, produced an enormous amount of wealth. They were actually operating in the negative. Um, a lot of these... Uh, Apartment complex uh, in the 60s were put under rent control, so they didn't generate a lot of revenue. Um, commercial property um, was not uh, was not generating a lot of revenue as well because there was so much, um, you know, commercial property that it wasn't generating that much income. So most of the the office buildings and uh, apartment complexes um, in the 1960 in the early 1970 were not worth much of anything. Um, I had an uncle who bought, you know, a four or eight unit apartment complex in Santa Barbara and that thing is worth I don't know how many millions of dollars, but it was a piece of junk back in the 1960s. It was it was raggedy. Uh, no one wanted to live there. Cause it was too close to the ocean. People who lived close to the ocean were poor people. What Trump did was that um, were a property that was uh, were tenants that were uh, poor uh, under rent control. He basically um, uh, uh, decided what they call uh, among capitalists um, says we're going to increase the value of this property with the long term goal of selling it at a higher value. And to do that, it's not necessarily the note on it. It's, they can care less about the note. To them, the note don't mean anything. To increase the value of it is to get high-end income people in those properties who will generate enormous amount of revenue that they can uh, 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 have in their particular pocket. So it would be over and above the, the note, over and above the maintenance, over and above uh, uh, whatever. And um, what they would normally would do is generate these, High end uh, began to you know kicking people out of out of these uh, apartment complexes and housing complexes. Um, they would uh, uh, re uh, got them out, remodel them, and then uh, charge really high rent, which only high end people, nouveau rich people, would move in. This is what the whole process of gentrification is taking place. This is the reason for that, is that these nouveau rich or people who now have money want to live in the urban center um, and have all the amenities that goes along with the urban center. That's what he did. Um, and he fought um, in New York uh, throughout the 70s um, a lot of folks to get what he wanted um, to basically to create this high-end income for the wealthy to move into his um, office and, and, and condo. Um now that he has generated a huge amount of revenue coming from that, they basically have to make a decision. Either you sell it and you can make even more but pay what is called capital gains or to avoid capital gains, you try to buy something quickly before that time. Or you 
keep pushing the apartment complex even at a higher, higher income. And that's that's the strategy that Donald Trump has done. It's basically constantly pushing that, you know, this nouveau rich folks could come in, yeah, but they're not the super rich, so let me move up to the next level of rich people to have them move in and keep increasing my value on my property. I can leverage that property to use it for investment. So it's, I'm never using none of my money. I'm taking somebody else's, the bank money, and yeah. leveraging it on my property and go and buy golf course to generate more revenue and build, you know, use my name to build, uh, put my name on different properties and generate revenue and and then um, what Donald Trump is notorious, and, uh, and every banker in New York knows this, is that he doesn't pay his bills. So he defaults on them. And, but, and he defaults and he doesn't pay anyone. And so he, he's been doing this process throughout the 80s and 90s, um, generating high revenue, high income, and um, not making it public because it's, if it's privately owned, it's not, you know, uh, uh, a publicly owned entity. Recently, there's been a run, um, this new thing um, that has become very, very popular in the business world, which is called limited liability corporation. I mean, it's a, it's, it's been around, but it's a nouveau thing. It's really caught on. It used to be only for um, lawyers and doctors who would be um, limited liability folks, and what it is is, is a partnership where you get the protection of a corporation, which is if someone sues you, you do malpractice as a doctor, when they sue you, they can only sue the you know the LLC. They can't get the doctor itself. But you get the advantages mm-hmm. of, a, the, of the tax advantage because only, you only pay taxes once, not on the corporation, but the money that comes directly to you. And you, if you have a good tax account, you can pretty much hide all that. So you paid little or no taxes. So the LLC became really, really popular in 2000. It's just taken off like crazy. The other advantage of the LLC is that as as semi-partnership, semi-corporation, you don't have to t- tell the public when you follow your 1060. Well, it's not 1065. I forgot what it's called. Partnership is 1065. But it's when you file your return as a limited liability corporation, you don't have to tell uh, the public or even the IRS, uh, per se, all the partners who are part of this deal. Um, you can pretty much hide a lot of what they call um, silent partners, um, um, investors that are part of the deal. Partnership, general partnership, you have to show everybody. Um, and everyone has to get what is in tax um, tax losses, which is K-1s. But in the LLC, you don't necessarily have to do that. You can hide many of the folks and bury it as part of the corporation itself. So that's the advantage of the LLC. You have the advantage of a, of a corporation that can say this is really not any one individual. It's this thing called corporation. But in, in fact, it is really a bunch of partners who are part of this investment who are hiding the money um, and, and, you know, what they do is they do like a series of tax shelter. Uh, you don't necessarily name yourself. You name another LLC or name another offshore corporation that could be in the Cayman Islands, and that Cayman Islands could be owned by another one in Ireland. I mean, you can you can really work this thing uh, where you can hide your um, your income for, uh, for a um, long period of time to keep the IRS from finding out what 
you owe. But it's it's the favorite among the wealthy, um, particularly in terms of just hiding their money um, as a as a structure um, of of having money comes in. Because you can say, "Well, I didn't ask for that. If I get you know illegal money." Um, 45 and Kirshner could simply say, well, you know, if they get, you know, some um, drug cartel Russian money, they can say, well, that's not my money. That went to the LLC. I don't have anything controlled. That's a, that's a different entity. That doesn't relate to me. So it's a really um, powerful entity that has taken off. Um, a lot of people want, you know, up and coming petty bourgeois want to become the new LLC uh, entity. But it's what it has pushed in, in, in a lot of Donald Trump um, capitalization of of hotels and, and rental is it, it, it has jumpstart the gentrification movement, and, and the gentrification movement is basically saying that we are now going to recapture the urban center and make it for wealthy people. We have given it up in the in the forties you know, the 40s and 50s and 60s to those poor people and people of color. But now we want it back. We want all the entities that, that is back, and we only want it for wealthy people now. The rest of you will have to move out, uh, and, even, um, and we don't care where you go. We will limit the number of housing. That's the other thing they do is limit the housing and construction to keep the value up. So when the time comes they have to sell, um, they can do that. One last thing. Um, this I, I don't know why the other capitalists didn't tell 45 and Jared this, but every capitalist who got into government and had to sell their interests into property or into stocks and bonds had made money. They literally made money off of selling their stocks and bonds in order to go to work for government. And the reason is is that the time that they began to sell their, their stock, Everybody knows that they're going into government, so everybody want to buy their stock. And so it, it, they actually make more money selling off their stuff than retaining it. I don't, I don't understand 45 as to why he wants to retain this, because he will make up um, really well without it. But it's probably because he, he doesn't want anyone to know what's really going on um, operating as an LLC mm-hmm. and his, his, you know, his embezzlement. I think there's a lot of money laundering that is going on. Um, we don't know, but I, I truly believe that there's a lot of money laundering, um, uh, that certain capital that shouldn't be going into um, uh, into quote-unquote so-called legitimate business is taking place. And partly because in New York, what he has done, he's climbed into the bed, climbed in bed with the mafia. Everyone knows that in, in New York uh, in order to survive during that period of the 1970s. He did a lot of dirty, dastardly deeds in order to um, build his empire. Um, and folks in New York knows that um, because it's all public. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, some hidden stuff. Um, and I, I, I wouldn't put it past him that he climbed into bed with those of, of the underworld who have enormous amount of capital and need to move it somewhere or to get it clean someplace. Well, you know, I wouldn't. So I make it I wouldn't by even, him. I'm not, sure, I'm not even sure I would call it. I'm I'll just call it straight up oligarchy because, I mean, you know, these 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 rich these rich ass people, they operate like vampires, and they they you know they a lot of them except for the Trumps and you know a few other people that, that put themselves out there, 
most of them, you never hear their names. You never hear about them. They don't like to, to be in, in the news. But they, they, they do a lot of fucking damage, man. They, they, they move around a lot of money. They, they, they're fucking greedy. They, they exploit all kind of people. Uh, but you'll never hear about them. You know, you, you no. don't do that. Just like I said, a lot of people don't even know who they're paying their mortgage to or who they're paying their rent to. You know, just because you're paying, just because the landlord picks, picks up your check or you pay your, send your, you send your loan out a check doesn't mean that's the person who owns the fucking apartment. So, I mean, you don't know. You don't know a lot of that, and 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 basically what what we're seeing here is that it's like you know Piketty said in his in his book 20, the Capitalism Twenty First Century is that you know private wealth accounts for nearly all the national wealth almost mm-hmm. everywhere. In other words, more and more it's just it's a concentration, a privatization of every fucking thing. And mm-hmm. if you don't, if people don't get that, if they don't understand that kind of relationship, then you won't understand capitalism. That's why I don't understand, you know, how people can sit up here and say, well, I'm for capitalism. If you say that, you cannot possibly understand everything, uh, the, the, the kind of things that, that occur in order to, to create and sustain a capitalist economy. So, I mean, so it's, it's, I don't even know if it's underground. I think it's just straight up, this is how the shit's operating, and, and, and the shit is so big Unless you have, you know, some journalists and or organizational institutions that are going to be staying on top of this and, and following this stuff, you'll never really get it. You'll never get it because we're so busy talking about, you know, some other, other little bullshit about, well, you know, he 45 did this today, 45 did that today. You know, that, most of the stuff talked about in the media that gets real exposure and goes, goes viral has nothing to do with the shit that he's doing behind the scenes. Not a goddamn thing. You know, people get on there, and, 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 uh, and I do it too. You know, you get on this, you know, you, you reply to his little tweets and shit on, on Twitter. And he puts, you know, he goes off on there. So what the fuck? So what? I mean, that what he says on Twitter doesn't even, you know, compare to the kind of shit. People can't even, we can't even imagine the kind of shit this asshole is doing. And not only just him, but again, those people in his class. Now, he might be doing, he might not be doing it well, you know, <laughs> I mean, like you said, you know, he, he probably owes him a lot of money. He's probably you know, too so, so fucking narcissistic and, and, and you know, and, and, and gangster with his money and thuggish with his money and, and, his, and his dealings, right? But, but best believe the entire, the rest of the class ain't totally like that, right? They can say they're vampires. You know, they, 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 they keep themselves well hidden, you know, behind, you know, huge mansions and, and you know, um, you know, huge uh, uh, businesses and things of that sort, investments, stuff like that. And and what's happening now is that uh, in the in the U.S. Today article, I mean, you know, U.S. Today of, of all you know uh, sites here uh, talked about over the last 12 months, about 70 percent of buyers of Trump properties were limited liability companies, which is the LLC, limited liability companies corporate entities that allow people to purchase property without revealing all of the owner's names. That compares with about 4% of buyers in the two, uh, of the two years before. So, you know, you saw when you got this oligarchy becomes not only powerful economically, but is now in the seat of power, right? Then they take advantage of that kind of shit, right? And you got to understand, so they understand that there is a, I think there's a lawsuit um, 
headed up by uh, who's his name, Congressman Connors, I think. Uh, he's the I think the oldest congressman. He's a he's African. Yeah. Um, they bring a lawsuit, which is yeah, Conyers. That's it. Mm-hmm. Conyers, you know, bringing a lawsuit uh, against Trump. And I think this is a word called emoluments. I don't, I don't. That's the first time yeah. I've ever heard Emolument of it. Emolument clause. But yeah. I think, but it's, but it's around this whole thing of the LLCs, right? Right. Because it, because it's this a conflict of interest for him to be selling, to, you know, to be doing business as a president, you know. Uh, and so that's a conflict of interest for, uh, uh, on a, I think, on a constitutional level. But they really can't go ahead. They can't really. I mean, they they're doing it, but until I guess. Because you haven't released his tax returns, it's not they can't they don't have all the stuff they need to you know to, in order to go after them. But um, I mean, and that's that's just one thing. I mean, you know, getting him impeached, you know, yeah, getting impeached, whatever. I'm I'm really trying to focus on what all this shit means in terms of capitalism, right? right. Because I mean, you know, I, I mean, the likelihood of him of of the of a, of, a, of a Republican Congress, you know, getting you know t- taking him out. Or impeaching him is, is very low. I mean, they, I mean, they might be, you know, the shit might get so bad that it looks bad for them, and they may do it. But, but I mean, you know, you really can't put all your eggs and hope in that. You know, you really need to. We need to really be focusing on helping people understand how this power situation goes down, how wealth and capital are accumulated, so that people can understand that it's, that it's accumulated off the backs of, right. Uh, 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 working class, poor, as well as uh, even rich people, because if if you can go out and afford to buy all this shit, the next question is, well, where in the hell are you getting the money to go out and buy all this stuff? Where is that money coming from? So either either like there is some kind of clandestine thing where money is being made, money is being created out of thin air for the wealthy, or they're getting that money from different places. And and it, and it always goes back to the people, you know. We're the ones getting ripped off, and, and it, I just don't think that there's enough people to explain how that happens. Every every time that I read a book or, or, or on economics or politics or something like that, I'm trying to see does that book answer that question? Because I think that's what people don't get is how the bourgeois class is ripping them the fuck off. I think that's what they don't get. That's the reason why they get played. All the time, over and over and over again, they get played. And if you got working class, poor ass. I, mean, I was driving back from L.A., and you know, and you know, between L.A. and Sacramento, Carl, you know, there's a lot of agriculture, right? And some mm-hmm. of those, some of those farms have have gone dry, right, uh, for various reasons. But you know, I saw at least eight signs talking about, you know, the old there were old signs that hit back for the campaign. You know, uh, vote for Trump, make America great again. These are the these are the kind of people, or one set of the people, group of people that were voting for this fool, thinking that he's gonna he's gonna bring business back to them. He's gonna bring back a resurgence of agriculture, blah blah blah. You know, and this is stupid as a doornail. I mean, that's you know, that's what we have. That's our job as a left is we gotta figure out how to educate people more and more about this. And then also crucially about this notion of, you know, how property works on the capitalism. That that didn't even come up. The notion about people being ripped off in property, and and the things you talked about in terms of people being, you know, moved out 
of, of, of places, uh, justification, things like that. So that really didn't even come up, if you remember, it didn't come up too much during the campaign, not even uh, too much with Bernie, really. That didn't come up too right. much about that. And, it's, you know, I don't know why it didn't, but, um, you know, it's something that we should be, we should, we should definitely talk to people about because people can relate to it because everybody either pays rent or owes a mortgage. You know what I mean? So that's something that people can relate to. Right. Right. I think there's a couple of things that, um, as you mentioned, one, um, we, we wanted to point out to the audience that, yes, there's a lot of uh, discussion about 45 um, in terms of uh, possible, I don't know if there's going to be an impeachment, but if uh, in order to impeach someone, you have to have, um, uh, commit high crime and 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 treason um, in order to begin the impeachment process. And the only person that's ever been impeached is Andrew Jackson. The reason why they impeached him was um, he was brought into office after Lincoln was killed. He was the vice president. He was brought into office. But the radical Republicans wanted to end um, and to abolish slavery. And they had a bill to abolish slavery, and he didn't want to do that, one. And then, two, he wanted to keep the Confederate um, – to be able to do what they did before, to have their plantation and continue slavery. And the radical Republicans were pushing him to, you know, go ahead and abolish, and he refused to do so. So they impeached him and removed him from office. Others, there was a threat of impeachment. Um, uh, I, I think there was going to be a process to start with Nixon um, when he stepped down. And the hearing for the um, for the possibility of impeachment for Clinton um, never panned out when they did the the whole hearing for impeachment. So the challenge, but what what it is is a great story and it gives you know provides a lot of drama, high drama. The challenge is I think the left need to look at it this way: is to utilize the opportunity to explain to people. Um, what the, the connection between capitalism and our our government, and how they function together, and how they interrelate and support each other. This is the first time where we've actually had a person who is openly capitalist, who's openly put it out there, who's openly, even though he's, he hasn't provided his tax return, but this is the first time where people have actually really dove in and actually uh, really have a good sense of the relationship between the capitalists, and even though he's, you know, um, into housing capitalists or commercial cap, property capitalists, uh, and not necessarily representative of all the others, but he provides a really good clue and a picture of what is taking place. So this is an educational moment to tell people that capitalism cannot, will not, will not represent your, uh, cannot represent your interests, cannot provide for, you know, housing and, and employment and and, and health care for you, that the policy that they are doing, irrespective of they're Democrat or Republican, if the capitalist is in charge, will always uh, will will protect the you know the basic fundamental um, interests of of the capitalist, what they call quote unquote market system. So it is a, it is also a teachable moment. It is also a teachable teachable moment, in a sense that we are learning about how they function. In a way that it is that this kind of research that you know ProPublica and and USA News Today we haven't seen that other than you know um, uh, 
seen, seen it since the 1960s um, uh, when there was a book called The the Rich and the Super Rich. Um, and, I, and I can't recall the author's name, but um, um, that book was a really eye-opener. And again, that was based on tax returns um, at that particular um, time. Um, London, that's what The Rich and the and the super rich by London. Um, there hasn't been that kind of research and that kind of uh, information made available to the general public to really expose income inequality and how capitalism system works. We need to have more left investigators. We need more of these who can really expose exactly how the system functions and, and operates and its relationship to government and how government uh, passed laws and policies and regulations. And, um, you know, they're trying to get rid of Dodd-Frank. Dodd-Frank wasn't the perfect, um, uh, in any way perfect, but it basically tried to hold in check um, the most uh, egregious abuses. The other thing, and lastly, is that people – have to understand that what you're watching the 45 and the people around them are the outliers and the more public. They're the most boastful. They're the most, uh, yeah, the, the most, uh, you know, uh, uh, what do you call it? They're out there. They're 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 really in your face kind of capitalists. Most capitalists, you would never even know who they are. They could walk right past right. you. You wouldn't even know it. Um, and you know they'll have billions of dollars to wear the same T-shirt that you're wearing, same raggedy t- jeans that you're wearing, T-shirt. You know they don't they don't dress and operate that way. I, I always use uh, 45. You know capitalists is what I call ghetto capitalists. Those are ghetto capitalists. Those are the ones that like bling. Um, they like to show their bling. Um, and, and 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 in a hip hop world, they uh, in the whole hip hop ghetto world. They're mainly a reflection of ghetto capitalism uh, and, and where ghetto capitalists operate and do the same thing. So we need to keep them in context of who they are and what they're all about, but in also uh, use this opportunity to point out, you know, uh, capitalism can function. We need a different system. Uh, we, we need to think outside of this particular system because clearly once he's gone, once he's moved on and did his tour of duty, um, another one will come in and will 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 not be as flashy. It will not be as coof in terms of how he talks. Won't be talking crazy on on Twitter or talk, talking about bombing anything and everything. It'll be far. It'll be back to the old sophisticated, clean, shiny. You know, I'm like you. I talk like you. Think like you. Kind of. Um, a politician, capitalist politician in the future. So well, well, be Carl, careful of that. Do you, I mean, do you think that, okay, for, for example, if you look at somebody asked about Obama, for example, I mean, Obama didn't, have, as far as I know, did, did not have the kinds of, that kind of capitalist relationship when he No, he, he was a representative now, now of he, a certain he he made right. a lot of money, but he wasn't a capitalist. After that, but himself. I mean, he, he, he didn't he didn't have a relationship to, to capitalism like that. I mean, right. but I understand right. he was he was making money. He made money off the book in order to to pay off his uh, his student loan. So I mean, I don't know. I mean, he so you, you that was a difference. That's a difference between say somebody like Obama. I'm not saying again. We know Obama worked in the interest of capitalism for right. sure, right. Wall Street particular. But but he did not have. No, I'm not even sure no. he, he would be considered a bourgeoisie at the time. I mean, right. he no, might be he a bourgeoisie in terms of working in the interest of the bourgeoisie, but he had, right. as far as we know, no bourgeoisie holding. No, 
Is yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. No, right? I agree with you. It, it, I mean, it would be a stretch, but it would probably be a petty bourgeois. But that's even a stretch. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, um, but he was definitely not in the bourgeois class. He wasn't bourgeois. You know, he just wasn't in that class. He wasn't there. He didn't have the same kind of holding. He didn't have the, the, that kind of wealth. All his wealth was created yeah. as a result of that book. Um, and he worked on that book. So he put some labor. That's typical petty bourgeois. You know, you, you put your labor in, whatever mm-hmm. wealth you get out of it, it's because of the work you put into it. Um, it. It's not like the bourgeoisie, like, you know, 45 never lifted a shovel in his entire life but made billions of dollars. So it's 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 that's what a bourgeoisie. A bourgeoisie doesn't do labor, absolutely none. They Any labor they do is basically telling somebody to make them more money. That's all the labor, and um, so it's kind and, of and, 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 but, and but Carl, that's Carl, that, that's a good point too, though about the thing about property because you know a lot of times when people make you know in traditional you know like in the kind of classic traditional sense of capitalism in the sense that you know you had people who you know say say you had a farm and you worked your farm and you know you sold your goods you know, you, you put the labor mm-hmm. into it you sold the goods you made a profit off your sales blah 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 with these with this property kind of ownership. Or even finance capital, these people are not—they're not working for this, this to do this. They're, they're, they're pretty much shuffling around, you know, wealth, capital. They're shuffling mm-hmm. around and they're making profit off their capital. They're not. This is not based upon oh, you know, they, they go to work every fucking day, you know, day in and day out, and they make you know millions and 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 six hundred million dollars or a billion dollars. Uh, uh, this no, that this is buying and selling a property. But it but it comes at the expense of uh, people, and, and you talked about kind of like the the high end uh, sort of uh, properties that, that that Trump has, where where his his, his son-in-law, uh, you know, was also invested in high end stuff, but also had you know the low end investments of these apartment complexes. When when you look at them, I and you see them in every city, right? They run down, they old. Don't nobody really have a question, you know, like. How much money has been collected from, from from these apartments? Who owns them? How long is it? You know, how what has the uh, how long has it been since the the the, uh, the the apartment or the property has been paid off? You know, none of this kind of shit comes up, and 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 so people wonder like, well, well, why does social? Why does communism want to try to move be beyond bourgeois property? Well, I mean, it's clear about that because that you can make a lot a lot of money and put a lot a lot of people in debt. And keep a lot of people beholding to you um, if you own property and they don't. So those who own the property are going to have advantage over those who don't. And the majority of people don't own property in this country. Now, there's more and more people are owning it, um, and, you know, uh, in this kind of nouveau rich kind of uh, economy we have. But, but by and large, the vast majority of people don't own property. And just because you have a house doesn't mean you own it. You know, it's not yours until you pay for it. You can lose it at almost any time. You know, if you lose your job, if, you know, if there's an you know, economic crisis, a lot of people lost their fucking house. And so they, they never owned that shit. I mean, either the bank owned it or whoever, like, you know, the, the, the bank uh, was, was handling the money for owns it. We don't, we don't get into that. That's not talked about. And, and so until you get to that, you don't see how you're getting played. We're getting played based on that, and we think that somebody's going to come into office and is going to change all that shit. That's not going to happen because that people benefit. That's how they benefit. That's how capitalism works. So why would the hell would they change all that? 
You know, I mean, yeah, they might they might cut back on some taxes and that might help some people, but that's about that ain't you know the only reason the only reason why you have taxes the way you do now is because of the contradictions of capitalism. Because if you don't have it, then people can't fucking survive. If you don't have uh, subsidized housing, if you don't have Section 8 uh, 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 money coming to people, people cannot afford housing based upon the low income that capitalism gives people, right? You can't, they can't do it. There's just no way. There's no way. I mean, I, I read a story also on, on I think it was, I think it was uh, USA Today. No, it was in the, uh, the pro, the pro, no, no, it was no, no, it was another site. I was reading several of them today. But it was another story where this brother has a family, you know, him, his wife, and I think they have two kids, two or three kids, and, and they live in an apartment. But they make, they make a combined income of $100,000. You know, 100000 is not like smoking a lot of money, but shit, you know, it's not like, you know, um, you know it's, not, it's not like, you know, you're making under 45000 which is kind of the, the, average, the average income for most people in America. But this hundred, but but by the time they pay for, you know, take send their kid to a a, a better school because the school where the kid's supposed to go is public school is not is not good at all. So they have to pay for the for the private school. They have to uh, pay, pay paying off their college loans. They have to commute to work, and so they can't do that through tra- public transportation. They have to have two cars. By the time they pay all this shit off, all they all they can afford. Is uh, is apartment that's costing them about thirteen hundred dollars a month. So you know, and, and there are stories like this all over the fucking country, right? All over the country. I, I mean, I know people that got similar stories, and we can all relate to that. But again, you know, we're not breaking that down in terms of how how capitalism makes that difficult for people. There's nothing wrong with the fact that you can have, you know, government. Government built housing, which some cities have done. Uh, you can have government built housing at a cheaper at a cheaper rate, more affordable, and less costly. And if it's done right, if it's done and managed right, it can be over the long run. It can be a better investment than shuffling around all this goddamn private property, and so people can make a lot of immense profits off of us, right? Whereas with say, if you have a socialist type of a situation. You build properties, you build them to last, not some, some raggedy shit, and you teach people how to take care of their property, right, because it's making, you know, let them know it is your property while you're there. This is, this is your property. And you do that, that can be, and you can make it more, they can make properties more sustainable. You can do it, you can do a kind of architecture that, that, that feeds into a more sustainable, sustainable environment, a sustainable, a sustainable economy. You can do that, whereas right now, property is, is just bought and sold for profit. That's it. There, there's no, like, looking at, well, should we build this property here? And, what you know, if we build it here, what's going to be the ramifications of that? And I don't look at that shit. I don't look at that. Nobody's looking at that. You know what I mean? And so that's what, why we, we hop on this notion that, you know, if you have a socialist, a socialist, uh, 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 society, uh, economy, then you focus on building sustainable property. Everybody gets housing, right? And it doesn't have to be some, some don't me, give me all that Soviet-style shit. We learned what they did wrong in the housing, in the housing projects that they built. We learn what they did wrong and do it better. Don't just, 
you know, dismiss it because they, you know, the Soviet Union didn't, didn't quite get it right. You know, shit, you can look in New York and, and see the, 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 the high towers of uh, 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 big apartment uh, buildings all over New York and see that, that that was done wrong too. So we learn from the mistakes of the past and say, how can we do it differently? How can we build sustainable housing in a way that, that's, that's cheaper, in a way that helps people, not burdens people? Right. It's it's interesting. It's interesting um, how you describe that. Um, Housing has been a a fundamental uh, problem of capitalism since the birth of capitalism in in Great Britain and, and, you know, in England at the time. And it was a huge housing crisis. Um, One, um, there are a lot of peasants who are coming into London um, uh, that were uh, working um, in the industry and uh, basically there was not enough housing because the people were moving in. When they did move, was able to find housing, it was at a, a, an exorbitant rate because people were trying to make money off of people's misery. It was also uh, keep people in misery because it keeps the, their uh, wages down low. Um, and if they're willing to take anything and live anywhere, they're willing to you know, no matter how cheap and raggedy it is, it's basically a question of survival. So as long as they keep their wages down low, they keep the housing quality low, uh, uh, the capitalists, um, at the end of the day, on both ends, those who are the housing and property um, world make money and those who work in, um, who owns their means of production um, also um, are doing well as well. The interesting thing about this the whole question about the housing question, it takes on an interesting class uh, perception or class, what I call coding. Um, apartment complexes and high-rise uh, among the wealthiest called condos, penthouses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so when <laughs> um, the Soviet right. Union decided to provide housing, and they noticed all the wealthy people were in penthouses and condos. They thought, well, all, that's what we want for our people. So let's build as many condos and, and townhouses uh, as as possible. But when you don't adequately fund and for maintenance and repairs and improvements and so forth, it began to decline. That's what happened in the in New York. So in places in Manhattan, Manhattan was, or Harlem, um, or, 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 you know, different places, you know, um, uh, but in particular Harlem, or in different places where there um run-down apartment climates, were in Chicago, um, it was also very similar, um, where those high-rise apartment complexes were originally built for wealthy people, which were called condos and penthouses. When they moved out and decided to move to the suburbs, or out of the city, they became, um, uh, you know, ghetto or uh, or just run-down apartments, and they were ran down to exploit as much uh, income out of it without putting any new additional money for repairs and, and maintenance. So they became, um, you know, ghetto housing, um, you know, projects. They became projects. Of the, so poor people, they became projects. For wealthy people, they became, they were, you know, condos and penthouses. Same same property. I've seen that in SAC. Same property. Same property in Old Park, which was, um, uh, I forgot what they were. They used to be called um, 
these, you know, the the now it's a new popular thing is around the country where downstairs all, you know, there's business upstairs is where like apartment where people live. And in the 60s, it, um, they were uh, basically, um, you know, uh, I forgot what they used to be called, but they were mostly poor people or homeless people or people or addicts and so forth live. Today, they're called lofts. They're the new thing. So, you know, they give it a different name to appeal to a different group of income pe- people, but it's the same property. It didn't change. They just mm-hmm. gut yeah. it out and fix it up and change the name. And so... Right question of housing takes on a class-coded analogy, in, in some cases a race-coded analogy um, uh, marker as to what it is. So the perception is that, you know, if it's a disproportionate people of color and poor, it means one thing. When disproportionate white and wealthy, it means something qualitatively different. But at the end of the day, for people who are poor and working class and people of color, Vast majority, of, vast majority of them, the question of housing is a crisis. That's why we have massive um, homelessness. I mean, we could solve the homeless problem tomorrow. Just provide housing. Exactly. I mean, that, but because it, there's no money in it for housing for homeless people, that's why you don't have housing for them. You can't yeah, make but, money but it, off of people it, don't have it, no but money. It was, but I think it was. Um, I think it was a play. I think it was either. Even in Utah or Arizona, where this uh, professor did a study that found that, you know, it would be cheaper to, you know, get the homeless people into, um, you know, some you know kind of affordable housing and a place to stay mm-hmm. than to put all the money into trying to, to, to police them, you know, because mm-hmm. they have, you know, they go to the hospital when they're sick or they get arrested or all kinds of, you know, problems occur. You know, we see this. Even here in Sacramento, that it was facing the same kind of issue, and so he, you know, he he did a study and said, look, it would be cheaper just to put people and 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 you know get them to try to pay, you know, whatever they can pay, fifty dollars a month or whatever, you know, and try to help them get some counseling, have some, um, you know, some some resources there to try to help them get their life back together. But the bottom line, at first, they have to have a place to stay, and I think the one of the things I was I was referring to when I talk I look about like New York or something like that. I was looking at some of the the, the, very, the very big high rises and, and and they certainly could have been penthouses. But I don't I mean I'm not an architect, but I don't I'm not sure if people are meant to live in these kind of huge high rises where there's you know, you you know, you, you come out and you go into a hall, you know, and it's just it's a there's a bunch of other you know, people need to be out and they they need to be a part of of nature as much as possible. Like, just like, you know, you get in kind of suburban kind of neighborhoods. I mean, you know, you have these rows and rows of houses, but you also you have some parks and you got, you know, it's a little bit of air, you know. Whereas living up in the, uh, I wouldn't want to live up in, in, a, in a place like that. I mean, if I had to, I would, but I mean, I, I would think, I'm not sure if that psychologically is the best way to do it. I mean, but I mean, that's something that, that we certainly could discuss in terms of from a from a from an architectural as well as an urban planning right. type of point of view, I mean, I I, I have no I know that Soviet Union tried to also do um, I think they tried to do community kitchens and things of that sort, right? And and mm-hmm. that's gotten a, that's gotten a bad rap, but I don't think it's I think and again I don't I never really studied studied that particularly I just I just hear the propaganda or hear the stuff that you hear on the radio here, 
But, I mean, I think that the concept of a community kitchen, uh, particularly in a kind of a modern concept, is a way to kind of bring people together, share food, and you know, and, but do it in a way that is not some kind of, for lack of a better term, ghetto way of doing it, or it's not, not even a ghetto way of doing it. Do it in some way that is not about making people feel low. It's about bringing people together and say, hey, you know, we're going to come together and, you know, cook a new dish, you know, create some healthy food, and we're going to bring in some really healthy food, and we're going to cook it together and eat together sometime. Not, not everybody has to do it every day. I'm not saying that. But, it's, but, it, but a way to build community so people don't feel so fucking isolated. And so when you stuff people in these big-ass apartment complexes with 30, 40 floors on them, right, and, you know, and, and on top of that, they come in, they come in, they live there, many of them jobless, don't have money, don't, don't have, you know, lots of problems going on. That just compounds it, and it's even difficult to keep up an apartment like that because that kind of, that kind of pressure that people have, you know, the psychological pressure of having to, to keep up, to, to sustain a living within a capitalist economy that doesn't give a fuck about you, right? That, that takes a toll on most people. That's the reason why I think people go to drugs and shit. I do. Because, you know, people are under a lot of fucking pressure, a lot more than they like to admit. People don't want to talk about, you know, how, how difficult it is to pay bills. They don't really want to talk because that's embarrassing to talk about this. They don't, you don't go talk about that with people, right? You just kind of deal with it on your own. And, but yet the, we see the expressions of that uh, when people just have to, you know, work, either they work day in and day out or they can't find a job. It takes a toll on them psychologically to the extent that they cannot do to perform to their highest ability, right? And so then you start saying, well, they got low IQ and shit. No, that's not it. They just haven't been able to work. They haven't been able to, to achieve to their human potential because they're so fucking burdened. And I, what I want to say they for, I'm talking about we. Fuck. I mean, we, you know, it's like uh, been burdened down by the cost of living, by the pressures and the demands put upon people to, um, you know, to survive in this capitalist economy. You know, I mean, my right. daughter just graduated from UCLA. You all graduated. I mean, think about the money that these kids have to spend, families have to spend in order for them to graduate. And I tell my right. daughter all the fucking time. Don't, 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 be, don't be confused. The return on their investment is not going to be that great as you think. Right? That's right. And so, you know, be, be clear about that. I mean, fine, I'm happy for I am totally happy that you finished UCLA and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, you know, it's going to be a lot more than UCLA to make mm-hmm. change. It's going to be a lot more than that. A lot more, a lot mm-hmm. more than that. And so, um, you know, and, and you look at the, 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 the amounts of money that – that the rich people in L.A. make off, you know, uh, uh, the students and, and, the, and, the, and the people in the surrounding area, where this student, students there are paying, like, literally $5,000 a, a month for some old-ass mm. apartments that were built back in the, back in the 50s and 60s, huh? Mm. 50s and 60s, 5000 a month. 5000 a month. And so mm. you get, you know, you'll get, like, four, you get, like, five or six or seven students up in a place to share a three-bedroom, a three Apartment. That's where my daughter's staying. And you have mm. to get it because if you don't, you're going to be way out in the outskirts. We're going to make it hard to get to school. So, mm. you know, it's like, who's making that money? Well, the people living up in Brentwood and other places mm-hmm. like that is making that fucking money, dude. Right? Mm-hmm. Because I, I looked at that place. I looked at that place this weekend. I said, this shit was paid off a long fucking time ago. 
I know that. You know, and they ain't even keeping yeah. the shit up. They're not even keeping it up. That's they right. even have air conditioner in there, dude. They have some mm. little fucking fan, some little thing in the in the um one of those air, you know, one of those portable air conditioners you put in a in a window, you know. Mm. And I'm like, shit, a five thousand for that? <laughs> I wow, know. What's up? I yeah. know. You know, so socialism, socialism, a socialist economy should be about changing that. And we can't, we, we won't get there, though. We will not get there. I promise you, we will not get there if we cannot show people, give people the evidence, follow the money. We can't get people to follow that money and figure out where in the fuck are the bourgeoisie class getting their money, you know, and where, why is it the fact that you can't make a decent livable income? Why can't you do that? And why in the fuck? Are you increasingly having to pay more and more and more for uh, for for basic thing, things that you need? Why is that? Mm. You know, you got to pay thirty to forty percent of your income for fucking housing. Whereas, mm. you know, and and it's not that expensive to build housing. It's not. Right. The shit gets right. cheaper and cheaper. I mm. I, I ain't got I ain't got to be an architect to know that the shit gets mm. cheaper and cheaper, homes. And and the property as for the for the property value. Well, what the fuck is property value? Because the property was here before everybody. So why, <laughs> do we, why do we got a value on property? The shit been here for like like 32 billion years or some shit. <laughs> well, not even that that long. But you know what I'm saying? Property been around a long fucking time. Right. So who gets to put value on a particular property, right? Mm-hmm. That ain't nothing mm-hmm. That ain't nothing in the ground. That's the shit assigned. They have somebody assigned a value to the property. That don't mean mm-hmm. that it's worth that. You don't mean that at all. But yet people don't talk about this shit. That's what gets me so pissed off. They don't talk about this. They sit around and talk about, well, you know, people getting, people ain't uh, paying. There are some people, they're not paying their, uh, I mean, they're not working a job. We have to pay for them because they're on, you know, on welfare, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, like, no, that ain't our central problem. It's not the central problem. It is a problem, but it ain't the central right. problem. Right, but it's not yeah. That's, that's that's not the fundamental problem, and you're right. I think what, the, the, the the thing is that we have to keep in mind that capitalists restrict the, the production of housing. That's number one. Number two, it restricts the uh, the production of new and quality and socially sustainable uh, and socially um, uh, 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 environmentally uh, friendly and socially. Uh, uh, environment where people can live together as as a collective. It 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 restricts all that because at the other end it can make money that way. There are a lot of mm-hmm. urban planners, housing uh, architects out there that have many new ideas that, that can do this right. But th- that's not where the money is. The money is made with existing cheap, raggedy, n- non-repairing, you know, housing or, you know, um, apartment complexes because they're trying to strip, particularly in an economic crisis, where capital is not flowing to them as readily as it once was. They're trying to strip as much wealth. Um, I think David Harvey calls it accumulation by disposition, um, where they just strip as much wealth and income as they possibly can and have it distributed, you know, redistributed to them. That is what is generally taking place. But you can only do that for so long. At some point you come up against the wall 
and you have to do something fundamentally drastic. You can either do one or two things. And uh, one, you can uh, uh, basically says let's burn down all the buildings and houses, and then once they're level, we can build some more and we can make some more money. Or two, people can say, you know, we have to remove those who are trying to make money and redesign housing and urban development in, in the interests of the people. So in terms of homelessness, that would not be a problem because we would design low-cost housing that has a wraparound service in terms of those who need, you know, uh, uh, mental health treatment, um, you know, drug treatment, uh, you know, health treatment, whatever else they need. It will be a wraparound service to repair the person, to get them back on their feet and become, you know, um, an active member in society. But if you've already determined that they're disposable, that they can be used to drag down everyone else, and that you can use them to feed upon each other and to be used as a scapegoat and and not really look at the fundamental issue of who's really causing this housing crisis, the problems in your life, all those kinds of things, then uh, you have no intention of actually changing the way things are currently uh, happening today. So one of the reasons why we do this is, is, a pro- is one, to expose the people exactly what's happening, two, to think differently. And for those who are socialists and progressive and um, uh, urban planners and architects, we want to hear from you. We want to see what you have to offer because when that day comes, we want to be able to implement and try some of this stuff out. Um, when the Soviet Union tried out um, communal housing, um, they 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 did it, but they didn't take the time to fully um, develop and, and develop the consciousness of people to be able to do that. So a peasant who's just moved into, into the city ain't interested in no communal housing. They just want some housing. They want to be left alone. They want their little small spot in a little small plot and just leave me alone. So there will have to be some conscious raising, some practice, some experience, but also there will be some progressive forest some advanced thinker around the issue of urban and, and housing and architectural design that provide for the needs, that provide quality, that think of ways differently, that think of the totality of, of housing, not in the sense to house someone, but to be able to uh, uh, create an environment where they um, can use their critical thinking skills to participate in the electoral process, to to expand their knowledge, um, it ha- uh, their, uh, to improve their health. Um, you know, don't build houses that are, are uh, toxic waste dump. Um, that's not going to work. Um, uh, you don't want to build on something like that because it's cheaper. And, and again, you're looking at just the cost, not the human need. Um, so it, and, and wait, wait, wait. Compl- can, I, can I say one thing? One, mm-hmm. one example is, is that um, is the that apartment that huge apartment building in London that, that recently oh, last week? Oh yeah, right. That just burned oh, yeah. to the ground. And 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 I, I went on. I was on Twitter when I saw some people, you know, like usually get on there and talk about oh, let's pray for the people in London, you know, at this apartment complex. I said, look, praying. We already seen the prayer don't prayer don't work. We need to find out why the building lit up and the fire spread oh, so gosh, quickly. Yeah. You see what right. I'm saying? That that was too quick. 
to spread. And, and now spread. they're just now starting to do some investigation. And it said, you know, that people who built the apartment use some kind of cheap, you know, cheaper uh, material that that uh, ends up, you know, burning faster. I mean, I don't know all the particulars, but I mean, there's. Yeah, you know, the other thing, thing why did they have sprinklers in the system? To find out why it's the like, happened. Yeah, it was like a whole. There was a whole list of. There was like a number. Of, the material they used, sprinkler system. Yeah. The fire department was only able to water a certain level. There was no yeah. escape route. There was no um, ability to uh, get people on the top floor. I mean, I'm sitting there saying, this is the worst case. But even more fundamental, why was it allowed to happen where people were allowed to live in there and there was no oversight or inspection to say, right. this is not right? And I know some of your right. some folks says, well, we, we libertarian believe there's too much government regulation. Well, if you don't have government regulation, that's what you have. That's what takes that's what place. Get. If you don't have government regulation, your food can, you know, you could be, you know, have salmonella and all this other stuff. So you libertarians who think that it's too much government, in some cases there's not enough government because if that people left to their own um, devices, particularly capitalists and petty bourgeois, they're only thinking about the money and how to make a hustle for the money at, at, without the interests of the people. With government regulation and those who have the interests of the people, that would not happen. There would, there would have been yeah. more escape routes. There would have been a different design. They would have said, no, we can't build it with this kind of cheap material. This, this, has, this got to go. We can't do this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and, and people, were compl- people have been complaining. And that's another mm-hmm. thing, again, brings it back to what we're talking about in terms of socialism. Is that you have socialism requires people to be heard. It requires right. a real democracy. It requires that people's the people's needs and interests and and particularly their needs be met. Right. That 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 if you have a a, a, a a place like this where people have been complaining over and over again that there were problems within this in in, in this in this building and and, and 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 but the company didn't want to spend any more money to to deal with the problem, then that's the result of it. That's the result of it. I mean, that right there is just a classic, a classic example of the no, failures man. of capitalism, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not saying that this kind of shit couldn't happen in a socialist society, but again, what we do is we say, all right, how do we learn from past society and build society, build society, build communities, build cities, and, and even countries, build them where they're more sustainable so that we have, you know, renewable energy and what that means in, 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 in terms of um, in, in terms of an economy, in terms of the how people, you know, how, how you build things, how you relate to things, those kind of things that this, a, a, a socialist economy allows us to do, right? And, and I like to see, you know, I, I downloaded Carl, um, uh, you know, DSA, Dem- Democratic Socialist of America, have a, have a, they have a podcast now. I think they have several of them. But, but anyway, I, was, I, le- I downloaded the first one uh, last week as well. I listening to it in bed or something, but it was you know it was pretty much done by young people, and and it, and it was so good to hear it because I'm thinking about like you know if you get a lot of young people getting organizations like DSA or Social Workers Party wherever you know just some left organizations right mm-hmm. instead of you know going off and studying some bullshit you you go study like you go study the kinds of things to study about how can we have a more sustainable uh, society you know. Not like immediately, because it's not going to happen immediately. It's not 
how shit happened. But how can we have a vision for more sustainable type societies? And we don't even talk about that. I mean, very few people that's even talked about how you build sustainable societies. How do you have a fact that you have a New York that has like, I don't know, shit, man, probably, I don't know, fucking five million people live in that fucking little small ass place. I mean, it's too many people, right? And people can't afford to move, right? And so whereas you got other places where there's this stretch, long stretches of land where you can go raise your kids. I mean, my, I grew up in Oklahoma City, right? Oklahoma City has, you know, large stretches of land, right? And, and you get, you get, you get if, if, you, if you had a socialist economy, people can move there and raise their family, man. Kids can have, you know, a fucking backyard. Or they can have a, a, some parks and shit, right? But you can't have that. Um, you cannot have that. In a capitalist society, you cannot do it. People think, well, you can read all, we got all kinds of luxuries here. We got all kinds of technology. No, you don't. Not really. Not really. When you really look at it, you go to cities around here, you go to some urban places, shit looks raggedy. It's raggedy as fuck. Right? Don't, don't look at this, no fucking commercials they, that they produced in fucking Hollywood to be a measure of how things are looking across the country. Come on. Don't nobody, the way people look on them fucking commercials, that, most people don't live like that. They don't live like that. No. Those commercials are, are producing some fucking studio. That's not how people live. You know what I mean? That's the reason I don't watch mm-hmm. this shit. I think, I think we go ahead. I think we have Naj online. Naj, I'm going to let you in. I'm going to let Carl speak. And then if you, if you can speak, uh, Naj, just hop on in, okay? I'll let you in, though. Hold on a second. Go ahead, Carl. I'm getting him in. Yeah, I, I, think, those, I think one of the things is that we always have to take a look at um, in the social uh, society. And I know there's a lot of critique. People say, well, it was forced on people to do certain things. It was forced, you know, collectivization. Yeah. People did things that they didn't want to do. Yeah, errors were made. I'm, I'm, I'm going to acknowledge that. But at the same time, you can learn from that process of what they did wrong to say how you work to get people to um, do things differently. Part of that is through struggle, and the other part is through practice as well. So, you 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 have to do. We have to think um, much greater than currently. I'm not seeing that the social society that we're suggesting, particularly in urban planning and urban development and housing, is going to be a throwback to the 1930 or the 1920s uh, Soviet Union. We're actually talking about you know, uh, a throw forward of socialism of the, you know, 2060 or the 2090. We're talking about looking way ahead of how this can all look differently that's in the best interest of the vast majority of people. But we also have to understand to do this, it requires um, engagement of of everyone, participation of everyone in in this process, deep discussion and planning in terms of knowing um if you're building on indigenous land uh what you know what does that mean and that they have a voice in that process um what does it mean in terms of the question of water and natural resources and, and, and do we expand or do we build up or, or do we build sideways or do we build um you know at an angle all of those are up for vast majority of people to discuss, plan, and work through. There won't be no secret committee like they're doing now. You know, um, the Senate is doing having a secret meeting to put together a bill for health care. It wouldn't be nothing like that. It would be all out in the open 
rich discussion to plan, to develop, and to make happen, and to test. And there will be some failures on the way. There's nothing wrong with that. Some things are going to work and other things not. But in the process, we say we're not going down that road. We're going to go down this particular road. And no libertarian, non-governmental regulation is going to work because government in a socialist society is that the people are making that decision. It is not I'm just do my own thing and not worry about anybody else. So if I, you know, I do my own thing and somebody dies in the process, I ain't worried about that because it ain't, it's not necessarily impacted me. Or I just take their resources from the ground, and even though it was their resources to begin with since the dawn of time. Now, taking resources, building on, has to be a collaborative discussion, struggle, working through, trying to figure out what is going to be in the best interest of the the vast majority of the people. And that is a much more difficult process uh, for people. But when when we have our eyes on the prize in terms of that, we are doing this um, in the best for for the people and people's needs, and people's needs are telling us what they need, then and not driven by profit, it's a whole different way of looking at things. Yeah. Hey, Naj, are you on? Yeah, I'm on. How you guys doing? Yeah. All right, doing brother. Great. All right. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, just sitting there reading this uh, autopsy of uh, the handle uh, Ossoff election down here in Georgia. So just checking that out. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I need to see that. Um, I mean, that's yeah. an interesting election, um, given the fact that the dynamics of it. And I don't know enough of that area, uh, the Cobb County and and, and those diff, different areas. So I'm I'm quite interested in knowing your take on the you know the election results so far. Oh yeah, it's a typical Republican area. Uh, really, really white. Uh, kind of, I don't want to say affluent. But it's you know kind of kind of wealthy more than average, and you know they did what they normally do. Uh, they vote for they 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 don't vote for they vote against. So mm-hmm. she appealed to that. Uh, she had a little homophobic things to say, and she openly said she's against a living wage. And there's a lot of people who agree with that. Down Damn. Here. Uh, and then you know just the process of what they've done down in Georgia, like everywhere else, where they won the state election. Uh, the gerrymandering and the, you know, getting rid of voting precincts and making people's lo- voting location a little further away uh, cuts into the Democratic uh, voting. And then the Dems, of course, they run this blue dog Democrat, Ossoff, who's down here campaigning on cutting government spending and getting uh, getting the budget in order. Just all these, you know, like typical Republican talking points. Uh, mm-hmm. That's how he ran down here. So mm. it's. Yeah, yeah, and, and Naj, I'm glad you told me that because remember, I think we were talking last night, and and, and there, a lot of people were coming out. I mean, on, at least on Twitter, there was, a, there was a thread that I got involved in, and people were just attacking Bernie. And I'm like, you know, what's up with the attack on Bernie? So somebody sent me a link to this thing about Ossoff, and I didn't know anything about the Ossoff thing. I didn't, I didn't know, and, and I admitted to the person, I don't, I don't know, you know, about Ossoff, and uh, so I, I will, you know, I will plead ignorance on that, and I will do some investigation. But uh, but then when you come and telling me that he's, you know, he has a different local campaign than he than he he does appear nationally. See, some some people think on a national level he might. I mean, people, you know, some people think he's all progressive, but you're saying like, no, he's running the same old blue dog type politics that the Democratic Party typically does, and, and that particularly in that, those areas. Yeah, man. 
So even if he does win, what do you actually have? A Republican light who's going to be mm-hmm. so-called conservative mm-hmm. and go against all, you know, progressive ideals and tell you, you know, always tell you about what's not possible. Well, we can't do that. It's not really viable. Well, we can't do, you know, so that kind of thing. So yeah. getting the milk toast in a Democrat in does what for you anyway. But is, is it a close race? I thought that I thought they said no. that she, she was she was going to win, or she she won. Okay. I think the last what I saw, um, and I'm I'm trying to recall, but um, it was more or less like what fifty two, fifty six percent to his forty um, six mm. or forty seven. But that uh, I, I forgot when they declared that she had won. Um, I mean, it was enough. It was they said it was a twenty thousand vote difference between the two. Yeah. So, do, do you guys think that that people are largely still voting on these kind of, um, you know, these kind of wedge issues like you know, hom- uh, 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 homosexuality and the abortion thing? I mean, is that what people are still doing? Because I just don't get what the fuck are these all these red states and all these people <laughs> like what the fuck this shit is this coming from? I mean, are people just that stupid or what? It still works among the Republican base. Um, the Republican base yeah. is uh, is fairly conservative, and uh, there are no moderates or liberals in the Republican Party anymore. So it's all pr- principally conservative base. It's pr- principally white, mm-hmm. uh, middle class, um, to a certain extent, petty bourgeois base that united around um, social conservative kinds of issues. And that's what I think unites them. But they also unite them because there's some ideological affinity to being Republican. Um, and mm-hmm. um, that's, I, I think what she was able to do is, is you know, talk about uh, those wedge issues in terms of, you know, homosexuality, gays and lesbian and all this other stuff to say, I, you know, that's what the Democratic Party is. We are something different, you know. This is what the Republican Party is about, and, and basically solidify enough. All she needs is enough because I think the way the media describe it is that principally a red district. It's mostly there's far more registered Republicans than there are Democrats. Um, but that, but because of 45, they kind of like fractionalize it a little bit. So that's why yeah. there appear to be an opening. But you're right. I mean, it's just a, he would have been another blue dog Democrat. And if the problem with the Democrat is that they want to win, they don't want to win by principle. They just want to win. And so they don't care how mm-hmm. they get there. They just want to get there. And they're willing to sell out, compromise, become a blue dog. They don't care what it would take, um, you know, sell your mama out if necessary just to win. Um, you know, a Democrat, and but I if, think but that. But if they're going to be, if, if, if but if, if, if the Democrats are going to be always kind of the center and shift, basically no different from the Republicans, then what the fuck? Are people, why people going to vote for them? You know what I mean? Exactly. I mean, and, be, and, you know, and that's, they, why, they they you, that's speak, why you get the low enthusiasm. Yeah, that's why you get yeah. the low enthusiasm. Yeah. And then, and, and the wedge issues you were talking about, they kind of use the wedge issues in a stack. So it's not only the you know the homophobia part; it's the against the living wage and and things yeah, like what, what they consider the rabble kind of raising their head and asking for stuff. That's right. kind of how they consider all of those things. Well, free market, but get I, out there and get it on your own. So that, you know they constantly I, hammer have, at that stuff. But but if we have to assume that 
there is like a humongous amount of people, you know, getting, you know, getting a, a SNAP program, whatever. I mean, like it's like the, it's like the largest I think ever. A lot of people have to be getting SNAP, homes. Huh? I mean, I don't mm-hmm. think. I mean, I mean, I mean, particularly in the South, shit. Because ain't like there's a whole bunch of fucking jobs in the South, homie. I, mean, I mean, maybe I don't, I don't live there. But Bakari, think of that in this way, though. Think of that in this way. Mm-hmm. If you think you're okay. deserving of that because you're a hardworking American who's earned it and you're just in a temporary downturn, but those other people are sucking off the government teeth and they want to <laughs> live off that the rest of their life because they're lazy, then you can see no yeah. problem with you being on the dole, government That's dole right. but voting for those people. And uh, mm-hmm. well, another thing here, Ossoff doesn't live in the district. So... Mm-hmm. Okay. One big uh, point Handel had this morning when she was on the news, uh, she put her I voted sticker on her chest and she said, this is one thing Ossoff can't do because he doesn't live here. And boy, did they wow. like that on the right. So they played oh, that up no pretty shit. good. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. But you know, like you said, he, he doesn't sound progressive. So what the fuck? I mean, you know, shit, he ain't going to do us no good no way. Right. Damn. Right. Mm-mm. Wow. And then it, well, well, they were asking for money mm-hmm. all night, too. That's the other thing. Uh, they said uh, the Dem, you know, National Party uh, didn't give him enough money. Said he was being outspent four to one. So they were constantly mm-hmm. asking for more money and complaining about that. So it's like the Dems, they want to win one of these Hail Mary uh, areas where they typically don't win, but they don't want to engage too, t- too, too strongly and then lose and you know, right. kind of make Trump look better. They just want to get an easy victory against Trump that they don't spend a lot of money on, uh, so then they can use that later. But they don't want to, you know, get the egg on their face of mm-hmm. being engaged and lose. So it's mm-hmm. it's a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I get emails every day from from somebody in the Democratic Party or Color Change or different people. You know, ask them from almost on every damn issue. They ask you for the, what the emails do. They ask you to vote on something. Or give your or, or to sign a petition, but then under the petition is you know you know donate some money, and I'm like, well, what's yep. the plan? Shit, I mean, I, I mean, I ain't got that much money, but if I'm gonna donate it, what's the fucking what is the plan? I mean, even with the <laughs> Bernie Revolution and shit, I mean, don't just ask me for some money. Tell me the plan, motherfucker. <laughs> I mean, I knew the plan when you were running the United States, but when you were running for president, I knew the plan. I was on board with the plan. Right. I gave some money, you know, but now. Don't be sending me some shit like every time something go down, you know, uh, what's the plan? Shit, because I ain't got a lot yeah. of money to give, you know. Yeah, so, and it – oh, go ahead, Carl. Uh, I, yeah, I was, I was just going to say, oh. and it appears the, the plan is to move to the center and recruit these uh, – recruit from the voter base that actually hates you uh, to make mm-hmm. sure that you don't have to go with any of the so-called new progressive or – or that Bernie coalition right. who wants to push the party more left. So it's like a determination right. uh, to get to the center. And that includes right. gaslighting people like, you know, like uh, Turner mm-hmm. and, and, and Dixon and some of these people online uh, to the point of saying, well, you people are just ridiculous. You don't know how to compromise. It's like, why do you always compromise right, right. with the center and not the left? Yes, right. Right. <laughs> exactly. So and exactly. In, 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 in well, the long run, it's a losing strategy. And I don't think they know that. Um, they, they're, you know, they're going to the center. They're going to a base that's not necessarily going to swing in their direction to begin with. And I think, you know, they really um, 
rethink this um, process because it, at the end of the day, all people have to do is go back to when the ACA was being debated. There was vast majority of the Democrats in the House and the Senate. It was the blue dog Senate that basically, you know, wanted more of, you know, uh, insurance company uh, uh, be, be more part of the process So uh, and, and gave Obama grief. So just because you want a Democrat and a blue dog Democrat doesn't necessarily mean you're going uh, you're to get uh, many of the things that you think you're going to get. So you have to struggle for principle, not for just numbers. And and, and it's mm-hmm. going to take a while for them to understand that. Right. Yeah. Yep. And Definitely. Obama had the well, chance to house Lieberman, uh, but Obama oh, said, no, no, let him stay in. And, of course, Lieberman right. was the main one oh, in nuking the whole idea of single payer. Yeah, and this was after – he had uh, came down and campaigned for Zell Miller and, and the Republicans switched over to kind of support Bush during that, that period. So, right. you know, it's amazing uh, just the ineffectiveness of the Democrats. <laughs> it's amazing. Hell yeah. Well, brother, we, we're going we're gonna to keep pushing it. It's, late. it's getting a little bit late out here on the West Coast, but uh, we're going to be back next week. Uh, you know, you guys, I want to talk about, uh, I'm not sure if you, how you guys have heard about this thing called the Leap Manifesto out of Canada. I'm going to send you all this article about the Leap Manifesto, and maybe we might have a discussion on that uh, uh, next next show. But uh, Or maybe not. I don't know. But anyway, I'll send it to you. Thanks a lot, you okay. guys. I appreciate okay. it. For all our, right. For our listeners, definitely all right, thank man. you for listening. And you can catch me on, uh, catch us on uh, Twitter there, Sucker45. You can also download us on iTunes. We're on iTunes. So definitely do that. And I appreciate the comments that people put up on iTunes. That really helps. To know, give some feedback. So thanks a lot for listening, and we will see you hopefully next week. All right, talk to you later. All right.